Tag, willkommen. This is the Franchise Tag Podcast, all straight from Frankfurt, fresh off the plane. Me, Andrew, are feeling very fresh now. We were not feeling so fresh Sunday morning after a little excursion across Europe. I mean, a flight that's under an hour. You've got to be happy about that. Andrew, Adam, Sky, welcome. Uh, main show, we'll be talking a bit about the Germany game, the first game in Frankfurt this year uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. Talk a little bit about the New England Patriots against the Indianapolis Colts, of which we will be at as well. And we've got a couple of other topics that we are going to talk about as well. So, yeah, fresh off, uh, off a really fun time in Frankfurt. And, I mean, what an experience. Um, the Dolphins losing to the Chiefs 21-14. to Not the explosive game we expected Andrew we were definitely sat in our seats going that they might try for the deep ball it was very much a game that was played in between the sticks it was in the middle wasn't it It wasn't much it felt a bit slow at times in a way it definitely maybe felt that both teams were off of their usual rhythm of, of their offensive firepower yeah we both said that during the game we even went through when we were looking about the volumes of targets and things and that, that went to players and expecting it to be this like two high powered shootout offense teams and just not really getting to that uh i think we we said the atmosphere was so good we kind of like went along with it because i think if this was a game in london we probably would have got a little bit more bored with it but uh yeah it wasn't wasn't quite the um the high explosive shootout we thought it was going to be we, we talk about the atmosphere and we talk about sort of our game day experience as well um, for the whole weekend. But how did it come across on, on television, Adam and Sky? Like, did it seem like it was a, a full stadium? It definitely, for us, it was a Chiefs home game. There was It was very much Chiefs home game. Um, a lot of red, hence why Frankfurt is red. It was uh, Chiefs fans absolutely everywhere. Dolphins fans were present, I would say that. But how did it come across on the screen to you guys? Obviously, it's a smaller stadium as well. Only 50,000 people. Uh, I say only, but, you know, 50,000 people in attendance which is obviously a fantastic number um yeah how did it come across uh yeah i think it, it oh, go on adam you go like, sorry sm- i jumped quite in small. quite a small stadium um i thought i was quite surprised actually how how small it was um which is weird because you know it's only ten thousand difference between that and tottenham but um it, it came across as though it was a bit smaller um the game itself was not great uh, as a to watch. There, there were a few bits in it that were that were kind of exciting towards the end of the first half. I think the Chiefs kind of put on a couple of touchdowns, didn't they? Especially the defensive play. Um, but yeah, it, it it wasn't an amazing game. I, I think I think we felt it would be more than what it was. Mm. The atmosphere wise, a friend of mine texted me and said, why does it look so much better in Germany than it does in London? And this is the friend who we went to two or three games together in in the US. So for him to text me that, I think it was quite obvious that it was something unique going going on. And I think people said the same when it was the Buccaneers and the Seahawks as well. I think you could just see that everyone sort of immersed themselves in the the NFL experience, regardless of who's come from where. So, yeah, I was quite intrigued to what um, you two both thought in comparison, you know, having gone to to the London games and then seeing that because on TV it, it did look like a great day and I, I thought it was a good game I think it was nice that there was a bit more you know defensive stuff going on because everyone's expecting this massive shootout and then even with that Chiefs play with the lateral on the on the fumble with Tyreek I thought that was great so it was nice to we, see a bit of defense want defensive up. play we want touchdowns and when we get <laughs> touchdowns we win money that's how it works okay we don't want bet on the Chiefs play. defense usually 33 to 1 <laughs> who's backing that <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, what do you guys Andrew, think I, in comparison? I'll let Andrew take it away for, for this if you want. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought experience-wise, it was, for me personally, it was loads better than uh, all of the London games. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And when you talk about the atmosphere inside the stadium, uh, the stadium had its canopy roof over it and it had the big screen um, and it just held like the noise in a bit more and it felt like it was a lot noisier. Um, and the lights that then were produced inside from that, it, it gave it a different feel. Uh, I know Fred said you quite liked it when the, the stadium's open, you can see the night sky and things like that. But I felt like the light that it created really brought it together for me. Uh, and the, I think the fact that the pre-game uh, fan zone section that's just outside the stadium, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, really had the build-up for the game to, to be uh, the fans to have such the best time possible. So when they went into the stadium to have the game, they were like buzzed and on fire and ready for it, uh, which which was definitely noticeable for me, Fred. Yeah, it's um, I, I, in terms of the whole game day experience, I thought it was, yeah, it's been better than any London game I've been to. I mean, we've had some, it sounds awful because we've been to a lot of London games and a lot of London games as friends even prior and, and with a big group of friends and we're going to games away before we started doing the podcast even together. And then as as we've done this pod and the games and the more friends we've gained and like, you know, it's been a good excuse for all of us to meet up. You know, we've met up with Adam. First time we met Adam was at a game, you know, first time we met Sky for you guys was at a game. Like it, it, it has brought, and, and also other people who do podcasts and other people that are in the media as well, other people who are just general fans. We've, we've met up at games and it's been fantastic, but there's something I, I can't, well, I, I, my opinion is probably a controversial one, but there is just so much more freedom in the German game and in the, I think maybe in European games in general, where they have a massive fan zone, huge fan zone. You can drink more. There's more food. There's a stage. There's music. Now, we do have that in UK, and, and, it, and I wouldn't say it was like tailgating in America. I have to admit that the tailgating in America is a, a different brass in itself because that is very unpoliced that is very much a wildness and, and can probably escalate to where you think wow this is this is crazy whereas this still felt like there was control because people were behaving and and also as well i hate i've experienced this now with having the media ticket as well because you can do this when you're when you are um, at spurs and wembley with with media you can go out so freely you can go around so freely we me and andrew several times walked around the whole stadium in the concourse it wasn't blocked off it wasn't it was, and also the, the concourse, it, for, which I did experience it, 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 um, link, at the link in, in Philadelphia, it hasn't got a back to it. So it's open air. So it feels a lot more open. You can look over and it, it's almost, yeah, it, it, it just feels like the, there's, there's less control, which I know is a culture thing and is a different thing to what it is in, in England. Whereas it, it, in Spurs Wembley, when you're in, you're in, like that's it. And I don't really necessarily agree with that. Um, but unfortunately, as a culture, we've shot ourselves in the foot many times with the behaviour of fans in, in other sports. And, and, and I know that Germany is not exempt from that. They are just as crazy and chaotic within German football. We're talking now, really. That's what I'm directing this at, to be honest with you. And... But there, but there wasn't that at this game. And now, there, and like I said, it was a massive Chiefs crowd. There was not the mixture of jerseys that there is in the England game. There, it was very much 
Chiefs, Dolphins, and then the odd pattering of different jerseys here and there. Like So we didn't actually think we experienced that many Americans either. It was very, very Germanic. And there was UK people as well. Of course there is. And because given that we got the privilege of going to media, we speak to a lot of British people. And obviously there's British media there. So that's where, you know, our UK influence is there. Therefore, you feel maybe there are more people from the UK. But there really wasn't actually when you were walking around. It was very Germanic, German-based for everyone, which... Obviously, it's not surprising. It's in bloody Germany. And also their their um, transport networks are so fantastic. You can get there. So we looked what to Berlin was four hours on a train, wasn't it? When we looked, which I, that, and Berlin is, is, is probably the major, the most major city to the to the east anyway. And also with the canopy over first time I've ever been in a stadium with a closed roof um, for a sporting event. And I know I've, I've always said sports should be played in the dark. And I think it adds an atmosphere as a. It adds more to the sport, but the roof being over and the light made it feel like a playoff game. It made it, it made it feel so much. And of course, these two teams are both in the conversation for the AFC Championship as well. So there was that added factor. Um, what, 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 Andrew, what do you think London, because we saw Henry Hodgson there, um, obviously the, the main guy for NFL UK. What do you think some of them guys have probably learn from going to because they went to munich last year of course and they are handcuffed there isn't space at tottenham for all these things admittedly there is a cultural thing within two nations as well what do you think they can sort of take from that to have in the uk games i think they need to take away that pre-game uh excitement um prior to the the thing because um the, those two what you call we'll call it tailgating the fan zone thing most of the fans were there before the security even opened to get into Mm. the queues to get into the security section to get past the into the fan zone was rammed when we got there and we thought we were getting there early what we got there and it was was raining heavy as well it was really stadium at 11 o'clock and the queues for the fans to get in were massive then they had a two two football pitched sized fan zone section with maybe 20 beer vendors and 20 food vendors. They had a stage in the middle. They had DJs uh, playing music super loud. And I took a picture. I've just opened it up. I took a picture um, an hour and a half before kickoff. uh, And it's outside the stadium. And it's rammed full of all the fans enjoying themselves. And you just think that's what we can't... I found it's... um, for me, you just go down to the stadium. There's a little bit of meeting up outside, and then you go straight into the game in London. There's not that all-day experience like, mm. like this was like their Super Bowl, um, and we need that to be like that for us because there's a lot of fans that that's the one game they can go to all year. So it needs to feel like it's your Super Bowl. So I feel like that that's what the UK can take away from it. Can I just quickly ask, is this because obviously like the the nfl being played in germany is pretty new and obviously it in the when it comes to the london games obviously it's been going on for quite a while now i didn't go to any of the very first london games but i know you did andrew um are we just seeing this kind of thirst for it in germany because it's brand new is is this what's creating half of half of the atmosphere and half of that West for obviously is it not that the UK audience is bored with it but is it almost like the UK audience is so used to it that you don't get that initial excitement anymore 
I don't think we've ever had it. Um, there's never been... A, uh, our games used to be later. They used to uh, kick off yeah. at the same time as their games. So we used to have six, six o'clock kickoff games. So we used to make a day of it by going to a different suburb around London uh, and drinking and and enjoying it before we went to the game. I don't think the, the UK has ever put anything on, really. They did the tailgate in two times, I think. So I just don't think there's anything for the fans to get excited about uh, in terms of pre-game. Um, and that, that that's the thing. I don't think we're bored of it. I think if there was something, it didn't cost anything to get into this zone. You know, it's part of your ticket. It's part of your experience. So why wouldn't you go down and have a party um, prior to... It? Like I say, if we, we're, we're not going to a, an NFL game every single week in London, are we? So a lot of people, it, it might be one game or two. So you've got to make it the, the biggest day that you're going to have because there's going to be new people at it every time. And I don't think we're, we'd get bored of that. Huge thing I will note as well, which we found out on the bus to Frankfurt. We didn't even know about this. If you, you could go onto NFL website and if you registered your ticket, you had free transport to and from the stadium. Oh, wow. To the centre and back. To yeah. the centre and back. Like that. And I know that's an infrastructure thing. I don't think that would necessarily work on the tube and, and everything like that. I do get that. Um, but things like that, they're just the little things. And there was there was just little things all day. Like I have to admit, the city centre thing that was done the day before on the Saturday was disappointing. Compared to Battersea, was, it was not that great. It, they didn't do it very well. It was a horrible day. It was raining. I do get that. We didn't actually go to any of the fan pubs, but the fan pubs that I've done in the past, they've been they've been really, really great. They have been really good in the UK, so I'm not going to compare that. But they had, you know, they had, they had some not strange things, but things that were really enticing us. They brought the, the bus over that they had the Super Bowl party in that they paraded through Kansas City and the fans going on, on that. Um, they had a, a, a literal championship, a boat that was in red Kansas City colours where people could go on and stuff like that. Like, there was all these little things, but I, I, I admit the UK is doing that. Um, but they didn't do Battersea Power Station all week when the NFL was on over here. It was a one-time day event. I'm not saying that they, from the sounds of it, they weren't doing. They're not doing it for the full week this week in Frankfurt. I think it's coming down to go back up. However, I, I, maybe not as well because me and Andrew sort of noted that there was a there was a lot more advertisement for Pat's Colts in a way rather than Chiefs Dolphins. It was a bit bit strange like all the banners before you got into the city were all pat's colts it was very race or a chief dolphins one which was a bit of a, a strange marketing conundrum i suppose um is there any other questions you want to talk about with game day we can have there, a little look there at there the must game be a lot of colts fans over there it must because it, no it's probably it would, because it of sebastian be volma no <laughs> no it's because volma played for us and i think the patriots and the chiefs both have i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that both you know how there's designated teams for the uk I'm pretty sure the Patriots and Chiefs are like designated marketing teams for Germany. So I know obviously the Chiefs were playing and you're saying the Patriots stuff was up. But I mean, just following on from that, it just shows how much thought goes into, I think, Germany as a whole. If they think about this. I mean, the Patriots event next week, they're bringing the Lombardi trophies over from Boston and you can go to a museum to see it. I mean, I, I can't think of any London game events other than that. Maybe then like the odd thing at the Hard Rock Cafe for, I know there was one last year for the Broncos-Jags game I went to where they had like um, a legend from another team. But it just almost feels like they maybe think of the event a couple of weeks prior to when, I'm sure they don't, but just the feeling I get is that um, from what you guys are saying and even from what I've seen looking over for going next week, it seems like 
Germany have thought about it well in advance with, with all of these things. And they do that, like Fred, you said that about before. They do it across all sports. I know it's probably years ago now, but there was that thing when Arsenal played Bayern and the cost of an Arsenal match day ticket was the same as a Bayern season ticket. Like they are very fan orientated, fan experience. So, um, I mean, you guys have made me excited to go. That's for sure. <laughs> there were, I will know um, that there was like a thing that you go and see where that had all the rings. Yeah, they had Super like Bowl a display of all the rings or Super Bowl rings and stuff like that. And 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 just to mildly go back to the point that Adam was making, where maybe it's just because it's a longevity here compared from London to Germany. If that is the case, then I think the UK does need to now think, right, what is the next step then? What is the next thing to reinvigorate people? And they need they, they need to learn from this because we're going, it's only going to go more around the world. We discussed it when we were there. Would I think about, if I was a general ticket buyer now, would I sack off going to one of the London games to go to Germany instead and put all my money to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely, I'll do that. 100%. I, I, and I think a lot of people will because a lot of people will hear how good it was. And also as well, I say to Andrew on the way um, there, but Frankfurt is noted as the second most expensive city in in Germany uh, behind Munich, and everywhere is feeling the the, the pinch of, of the war and and things and prices rising and stuff like that. But it wasn't it wasn't at expense. It, the, the stadium was fairly fairly same price as London, I would say. But the general city it was not that expensive in, in terms of everything else. So the more they do stuff like that, the more cities they go to. The more I think there will be a bit of a switch, but the UK then needs to needs to have a contingency plan to maybe try and and, and step up the game a little bit. Um, but we'll we'll talk briefly about the game. Um, Sky, Miami point, pointless in the first half. Um, like I said, not for for, for, a, for a Patriots. I'm sure I made you very happy, but they they didn't seem to get the gears going very quickly. Was it maybe more of a better of a, of a better defensive output than the? than the Dolphins are expecting from this chief defence or or would the Dolphins just maybe not quite at the races? Yeah, it's tough to say, really. I think the Dolphins have... They're just making the narrative stick even more now, aren't they? That they only can be sort of good or average teams. Because um, I think the Chiefs' defence is underrated. There's, there's playmakers there. I mean, they're Super Bowl champions. People forget about that. Um, and I think they stepped up massively considering that Mahomes and Kelsey again were quite quiet. In obviously they managed to get the win this week, but the Dolphins did well to shut Kelsey down. They still found ways, but I think again the Chiefs' defense made a big impact on that. And the touchdown we spoke about before that was obviously a big game changer. And um, the main thing that I take away from Miami is I just don't. They're not a team that when they're behind, I think they're going to come back and win. If the game script goes their way and and then you know they can come out of the blocks and put points on the board, then I think they can blow any team out in the league. And that's you know me putting any bias aside. I think they can do that on on their day. But I think if uh, it's going against them, they just don't seem to have a plan B. Um, and I don't know if that's whether down down to McDaniel or two as a quarterback because they obviously got the, the weapons. But yeah, I think the Chiefs game plan well and uh, big props to their defense. Yeah, Adam, it was noted in when Pat Holmes was in the press conference, um, he was very much of the view of he didn't play that well and this defence is really good. And he heaped a lot of praise on defence, said, you know, this is this actually started at the end of last year and people just didn't thought it was underrated and didn't notice him at all. And now they're getting quite a lot of the plaudits, this Chiefs defence. And like I said, he, he sort of put it on himself that he didn't think he'd be, 
performed to the highest level in that game. Do you think? Do you think now is the time where the Chiefs have become the most balanced they've been in this era of Mahomes and winning and being in Super Bowls? Because it has felt at times that their defense has been the weaker, you know, weaker than the offense, and this offense has been so explosive. Or do you think now is finally time where this is that there's a lot of equality now within this team? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that's something that they've always had levelled at them, isn't it? That it's basically mm-hmm. Mahomes and Kelsey and that's the end of it. Um, but it's, you know, as someone who goes more for the offensive side of the ball, in a way, it's kind of nice to see that they actually have the ability to grind out results and stop incredibly good offences like the Dolphins and hold them to no points in a whole half you know that's it's impressive that you can do that um so it it goes to show that they are a very talented defense and as you say they they're a, they're a strong offense as well they're all you know it was all the time you have Mahomes and Kelsey there you're always going to be a strong offense but it, if anything I think it's starting to turn the other way and mm-hmm. that you're actually starting to see a a very strong defensive unit and an offensive unit that isn't quite as strong. And to be honest, is only going to get weaker once Kelsey retires, which inevitably he will at some stage in the next few years. They, they need to find these receivers and they're trying. They are going out and drafting as many as they can get hold of, mm-hmm. but they are struggling to find really really top quality ones but i i do believe they've found one now in in rishi rice mm-hmm. um but it's yeah i i think they probably are the most equal they've ever been but if anything it's going the other way do you think that correlates andrew with the offense with the changing of the head coach with the change of the coordinator because we had eric b enemy there for so long it's now adam gates yeah. former yeah yeah well i i know the answer to this question but our viewers may not our listeners may not so you know and adam gates uh, former um coach of the chicago bears former, well, former really struggling head coach of the chicago bears um how much do you think it does rely on this coordination repeat the question again fred so do, do you think do you think this offense it's it's centered around the offense what Eric Bieniemy built Adam Gase hasn't really been able to carry on that's why his offense has maybe taken a bit of a step back. Why is Adam laughing? Well, I'm, I'm just assuming he means Matt Nagy, but um... <laughs> oh, I said Adam Gase. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. sitting there going like. I've heard the Did player. Come back in the NFL. <laughs> where's Adam Gates now? Then? You can have to. I, I was like, get... you have to repeat the question for me, Fred. I didn't do the ones. I didn't want to be the one to say it, but I'm sure Adam Gates doesn't even have a coaching gig, does he? I don't think he's on any. I hope not for whichever team. No offense to him, obviously. I am talking about Matt Nagy. I don't know what. I don't, yeah, I'm blaming sleeps. I've had a very long weekend in Frankfurt. I'm in in fairness, Fred, it's pretty much the same point. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They, they look similar. They coach, look similar. Yeah. You know, it's. Oh, I don't think. I'm overly going to set blame like coordination for anything of it slowing down. It's the fact that this is a team that's um, it's been so dominant for so many years now. When it looks at the, the draft, they're picking at the, the the back end of the first. So I would like to commend them for the fact that there is so many youngsters on both sides of the ball, 
and they are doing so well still. I think we're, we're they haven't got that wide receiver one for like proper full talent. I think Rashi Rice looks like he could be very very good and 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 maybe fill that wide receiver two role maybe. But they've done this with what uh, Rashi Rice, Sky Moore, Tony, uh, Justin Watson. They're all really really young guys, so I don't think you can expect them to be clicking and firing as much as some of the others uh, uh, that around the league that are picked a lot higher than them in the draft. So I think that might have something to do with it, where they're picking. Uh, and the same with the defense. Uh, we're talking about the shift. They've got some really great youngsters uh, on that defense that's pulling them through as well. So I think this is a good sign for them going forward in the future, to be fair. Um, but yeah, they've, they've not quite managed to to nail on that superstar wide receiver one, which, uh, which is Kelsey at the minute, isn't it? <laughs> and you don't know Adam Gase might actually help him if he joined. I mean that that no. could be that could be the way forward. Um, we'll brief we'll briefly just talk about the Pats and Colts. I'll go to Sky about this. Um, I joked around that this get I because I we all said that this game was going to be the firework game and then the Pats Colts game was going to be really dull. And then I joked around over there going, "What if the Pats Colts game is just electric? What if it's like an insane game?" Um, not sure what it'll over will be, but um, are you excited? To, it's going to be me and you at the game. Uh, this Sunday, uh, you're obviously going out early. You're going to be at the Pats camp. Um, excited, excited, pretty buzzed for it. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, falling to two and sevens, um, not great, but um, probably it, these are the moments where you think it would have been nice if we had the trip earlier in the season. Because I mean, you look at the Jags, and that obviously did them well coming to London. So, I'm not saying that we would be, you know. The, the other way around or winning record if we got to Germany sooner. But I think it's needed as obviously um, Boston media is probably not as as harsh as, say, New York, but I think it's up there and there's a lot of things going around at the moment, um, just analysing the whole franchise, really, and trying to pick flaws in whether it's Belichick, the quarterback or, or coordinators, etc. So I think they need to get away. Um, I think it's a game which is winnable because maybe if Anthony Richardson was was healthy, then um, he'd probably be at the point of the season where who, know, who knows where the Colts will be. And obviously they're, they're doing better and Minshew is is doing well. But um, I think it's a game where Belichick will think he can plan well defensively. And I think we've got, a, a, I say, a good chance of winning. I'd say it's a game where if you're, you're doing your weekly picks, probably 50-50 or maybe 60-40 Colts. I'm, I'm quite confident. But yeah, I'm excited. And um, hopefully Bel the flight puts Belichick in a, a good mood because he seemed in a pretty bad mood after the Commanders loss. <laughs> Well, we might as well stick on with Bill Belichick because it is something we're going to talk about. And that's also coach, uh, also with um, Sean McDermott as well. The Bills with the records that both these teams have, which um, my phone's decided to absolutely not work now with all the research that I had done. Um, both with poor results. And I mean, both coaches on the hot seat. Um, you know, is it, is, it, is, it, is it too early? We've had a coach fired now, Josh McDaniels been uh, fired from the Vegas Raiders. This is probably, you know, it could start a trend of coaches suddenly being shown the door. Adam, what what do you reckon? I, I mean, McDermott's done so well with the Bills. Uh, he's, 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 they've always failed to get to the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, we, we don't need to go on about his success over the years, but just looking at Sky's face right now, it's a poor time to be a Pats fan. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if either of them got uh, fired to be honest um they they just don't seem like the type of um organizations that are going to make a rash decision and and mm. chuck them out and so i i can't see that it is a very rough time to be a pats fan which uh 
it's always good fun to watch, especially now that Sky's involved with this. It's even more fun. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, they. I actually think it will be an exciting game on Sunday. Uh, they uh, both defenses are not great, and both offenses can score. So I think it'll be a really good game uh, for you guys to go to. But. Um, no, I, I can't see either of them getting the sack. I think there's a, a few other candidates that might go before them too. Who do you think? What were the candidates? Well, Arthur Smith definitely should be going. I mean, it's an <laughs> outrage what that man does. He's <laughs> offence. I mean, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I think that he's definitely one. Um, who else? I mean, who's... Joe Staley. Yes, yes, yeah. Charles. Yeah. Coming up against what he's he, he's managed to play the Bears and uh <clears throat> and wait, who did they play this week? The Jets. The, the Jets. Jets. So they, they made him like in his defense again. That's that <laughs> saved his job, really, hasn't it? Coming up against two yeah. of the poorer yeah. teams in the league. So uh yeah, yeah that's the he, he can definitely go as well. Um yeah, I think there's a few. I I could see Sean Payton. there wasn't there wasn't no, no. There was a great uh, <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, they're going for the number one pick. They want to go. <laughs> um they um there wasn't many that went, was there last year? A lot of them mm. stayed. There. More end of the maybe, year, but yeah. So I think you might see a few this year. What about you, Andrew? Where's your where you sitting with Bill Belichick and uh coach McDermott? Well, if if we're talking about we'll talk about Bill Belichick first, as as we were on the topic of um, them coming over, I just I'm not sure how long Kraft is going to want a, a, an organization that's had a, a dynasty and been so good and so like popular and everything like that. How much longer can he go? I'm I'm going to let this carry on. When you look at the fact that like um, Nick Casario's doing at the Texans, he was in the building. At the, yeah. at the Patriots and they they didn't let him make any decisions or do anything because Bill Belichick made all the decisions. Uh, I think we're seeing a big shift in terms of uh, youngsters now coming into the league, the way we treat them and the way we uh, act with them. And I think that's why you're seeing McDaniels and, and Shanahan and people like that getting the best out of their players a bit more and, and their organisations and franchise looking a bit more lively because that shouting at your players and and being hard on them it just doesn't seem like it's working it, you know look look at the way he's treating mac jones and he seems to retreat a bit whereas it that didn't happen with brady that probably made him play better um so i think there's there's been a bit of a shift so will craft go do you know what we we're really really struggling nothing's really got better there's nothing overly to get excited about on the patriots team for the future if you like saying let's build around XYZ Gonzalez, you know, you're not building around a cornerback. Um, so I feel like you, you probably want to shake it up a little bit. You might want to do something different. You might want to see if you can get Vrabel over, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> At the end of the season, maybe like Coach Vrabel, bring him back. I don't know. And then McDermott, I, you say hot seat. I think it's warm seat for uh, uh, Sean McDermott, isn't it? Um, I'm looking at it now for him because. They, there's a chance that they could miss the playoffs with the tough schedule that they've got. We were talking about earlier. Uh, what do we say they've got in the last um, last few games? They've got the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers. They've got the Patriots to play, and then the Dolphins again in the last game. 
they're all losable for them with the way that they're hit and miss at the moment. So in terms of the fact what um, if they don't get victories in those, might they miss out? And if even if they do make the wild card, they're going to be on the road uh, for the whole of the playoffs. And I just feel like if you're the Bills, home field advantage uh, mm-hmm. is what you need going into the playoffs to, to, to make it all the way. So that... I think we're now. Are we still asking the same questions from the Bills that we asked three years ago? Um, so, is has McDermott reached his ceiling? Mm. Is, is is there much more left in him? Because I think last year we saw uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs sort of not really enjoying it anymore together. And I don't know. I'm feeling some some disconnect, and I'm I'm worried that we're just gonna. We we spoke about this while we were away. Singletary and Moss, who who apparently couldn't run the ball at all at the Bills, are now finding lots of success in other teams. You know, Moss has been great for the Colts, and Singletary's coming into his own at the Texans. So, um, is is that a a Sean McDermott thing or what? Because if they don't do something quickly with this team, they're all gonna be gone, aren't they? They're they're safe. They're two great safeties. They're older um, edge rushers and pass rushers. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm. I think I'm worried if he doesn't make the playoffs, if it or if it goes, you know, wild card and, and out. Um, should we be worried about him? I'll uh, give Sky the opportunity to respond to both your criticisms of Bill to begin with, and he can give his fifty p on Sean it. Yeah, I don't know. It's well, I guess we'll start with Belichick. I think it's so hard because Rabel is the only name who I can think of who you would even consider like I saw one Boston media outlet saying Mayo I thought well it's too early for him I mean if Brian Flores was waiting in the wings and wasn't even getting a chance like you're not going to bring him in or McDaniel so it could be variable but I just think I wonder what Belichick thinks like when you've overseen two dynasties I wonder if he's thinking like this is almost like disrespectful that people were even putting his name in the conversation to like walk or be fired but I have to admit, before this, I was when the subject came up, I was thinking no chance he gets fired. I think, you know, Matt Jones made the playoffs in his first season. I think it's just, he just needs to he needs to look at a modern way of thinking. And I like what Andrew said because you look at um, I, I never thought of it from that angle in the NFL. But I always say about Mourinho in football, he just doesn't seem to relate to players now, and so many managers do. And you know, it's a younger generation, so I think Belichick needs to almost bring some new ideas on on board, and whether that's bringing in a younger set of forward-thinking coordinators as well and just having some new ideas. Um, but I think the relationship with him and Kraft, I don't don't actually see him getting fired. And moving on to McDermott, the thing I always think of is when you're that close, I'm going to go, I'm going back in time here, but I think about when the Eagles had Andy Reid and then they went and got Chip Kelly and they just like, they had talent and it just didn't work out. And I think there's almost a point where if you're if you're close, they do have they could win a Super Bowl with Sean McDermott. It's just the thing is when you get that close, you don't make it. it's like the 49ers, you know, we've been waiting for them to win it. And the Bills do have a talent. And I think he is I think he is a great head coach. But yeah, if they didn't make the playoffs, maybe he would get fired. But I just think the smart thing to do would be to stick with him because they've obviously been in the mix for what, four, five years now. I think their last four seasons where they've made the playoffs have all had double digit wins. Like, yeah, I don't I don't see either of them going. But of course these these narratives are always gonna fly around, especially when the AFC is the better conference now. I think now teams are probably gonna be more likely to maybe 
jump or, or bite and make a, a split decision because they think, well, if I don't do it this season, I could be even further behind with all these great teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll move on to another point. Admittedly, we didn't say we were going to talk about this, but it has just happened on Twitter. And I know all three of you are knowledgeable and educated enough to give a, an inspired opinion on it. Um, Co- Coach uh, Vrabel over at Tennessee Titans has named Will Levis as starting quarterback moving forward. He is benching Ryan Tannehill. He's now the backup. Um, and then, my, <laughs> what did I say about Matt, um, Matt, Matt Willis? Oh, wait, Matt Willis? Wait, I'm just making up names tonight. Malik? Matt Willis. Malik is he from, Willis. Is he from Willis, Boston? Mac Jones. Where do you want to go here? <laughs> <laughs> it was a long weekend in Frankfurt. A long weekend. Malik Willis is now the backup to Ryan Tannehill. Um, Adam, I'll go to you. Not surprising. Not surprising news at all. Um, was it... They've, they've tried an area. Ryan Tannehill has been pretty decent for them. They were clearly very run-centric. They tried Malik Willis. It's not worked at all. They've Will Levis. He's only played three games and has looked miles better than all than all of them is uh was this just inevitable yeah pretty much <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> he he's looked decent I, he certainly looked better than what i thought he was going to be um he showed in the game against the steelers actually that was the one where i suddenly went ah okay you you've got something about you um, going up against a decent defence and it wasn't all long ball. They cut off the long ball and he was forced to make slants and, and decent passes and just short, lots of short, quick passes. And he did. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't win because I, I don't know what Mike Tomlin's got going on there. He's got so he's like a deal with the devil somewhere. How this guy keeps getting that Steelers team winning that many games is unbelievable. But you could see in uh, in Will Levis that even if you think that he's at the same level as Ryan Tannehill and you're getting the same out of him as Ryan Tannehill, you might as well go with the rookie mm-hmm. and, and because the hope is he will progress. So it was the obvious move to make. Andrew, take cast our minds back to um, to... Oh, that's okay. I've reading a comment from uh, someone on YouTube, but we'll go back to that in a bit. Um, going back to April, draft, totally discounted. Went from, oh, actually, he could be a top five pick to third round pick. Um, how much of this is maybe the chip on his shoulder? And this is the, I'm going to show them. Because he was he was just, he was not in the conversation at all. Got close to the draft and it was like, actually, he could be really in the conversation here. And then it got to draft night and it was like oh well no obviously he was going to go far down he was nowhere near the level of cj stroud bryce young and he's played these first few games like i said he's played played better than, C- than, um, than bryce young some may say not better than cj stroud he'd see stroud has, has performed well and above expectation well maybe not well above expectation for some people but for other people he has um do you think a little bit of this is is the motivation i'll show you I think there's a little bit of that, but I think, you know, if, if you're any youngster that sort of gets knocked going into the draft like he did uh, and falling out of the, at the first round, you're always going to have that like, well, I'll show you sort of uh, attitude. But I take it back even further than that. Go back before that college season started uh, when um, I put out my predictions of who the top three quarterbacks were in college. He was my number three. Uh, you know, I only had Bryce, uh, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young above him. I was like, yep, 
he's a guy. He's real good. Really like him. He got injured, uh, hurt his shoulder. Uh, and that's kind of when people stopped talking about him and then people started talking about Anthony Richardson. So um, I think uh, when you, when you talked of that high talent and you, uh, you would, people were saying you're going to be a, a top, maybe top five pick prior to the college season starting top five pick. He'll be good. Fits the attributes, got kind of an army, you know, big builds, you know, strong guy, fit NFL stature. I think um, the reason he dropped out of the draft was because people didn't like his cocky attitude, his really weird things that he did off the field in terms of eating mayo and bananas with the skins on. And uh, he interviewed apparently really, really bad with the teams that interviewed him prior to the draft. And uh, I think that's why he dropped, not because of his talent. And now we're seeing him on the field. He looks comfortable. He looks like that guy that we saw at college that we said, yeah, he's NFL capable. Um, and I think that's the good thing to say about him. He looks comfortable uh, playing uh, uh, in the NFL. So I've I taken that away from it. And I think it was his, his off-field and his attitude problems that were the problem, not necessarily his ability to play at quarterback. Sky, what a world we live in where the AFC South's oldest starting quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. Um, so yeah. now the, the starting quarterbacks of the future, really, well, obviously... Without the injuries, Will Levis at the Titans, CJ Stroud at the Texans, Anthony Richardson at the Colts, Trevor Lawrence at the Jags. Has this division gone from being once was seen as not that great a division to potentially going to be one of the top divisions moving forward? You'd think so. They've all seemed to be drafting well and um, making the right business decisions and, and doing. And but I, I like that. I think just starting with Will Levis, I think I, I might. I don't know where I said it. Maybe in one of our chats. I think they had to make. That call, and I think it was good that he ended up in a situation with Vrabel, who's gone through the Bledsoe Brady, you know, transition. I think he knew with that buyer coming, and the way Tannehill played in London, maybe the injury helped the decision to be like, right, we got time to get this kid ready. And the thing I've been most impressed with is him going through his reads and not locking in on, say, like the first read. Um, I think we see Matt Jones does that a lot, and he's been in the league for a couple of years. I think. Pickett does that as well. Um, even at times, Bryce Young's had, you know, almost like some some Zach Wilson tendencies, like taking off and not looking for the second or third option downfield. And I think for Levis to be doing that within, you know, two games um, is big props to him for probably buying in and being ready for when his opportunities come, but also for the coaching staff um, giving him, yeah, the right tools to succeed. But it's really changed the Titans because now Hopkins is a deep threat again and, teams are not stacking the run against Henry. And even though they lost that game to the Steelers, you saw that the run game was there and it was an option. So, yeah, I think they should be excited. And, um, yeah, maybe the South is not as bad, as you said. Uh, one thing that I'll throw out, though, talk about the South, could Stroud win the MVP as a rookie? I mean, I feel like after this last game, like everybody, there's only one guy's done it before. Was it Jim Brown? I think no one else has done that, so... Maybe Stroud uh, could do it. What do we all think? For yardage and touchdowns, wasn't it? The five touchdowns it's, and the yeah, 470 just, yards. It was so nice to watch, honestly. Like, I ended up, like, putting that on instead of red zone because he was playing so well. I was like, this is just like, yeah. I mean, we all knew he was doing well. We've all spoke about how well, but this particular performance, it was just something special. Well, he, he didn't play great against the Panthers. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, for me, is playing some outstanding football so mvp maybe not but uh maybe uh offensive rookie of the year uh you know we've, we've now got another run from runner for it 
So we don't think that uh, just announced a minute ago, Carson Wentz signing with the Los Angeles Rams. He's not going to get into any sort of conversation. But <laughs> comeback player of the year, maybe. That's a serious thing. Carson Wentz is really with the LA Rams. Him. I don't yeah, even know right. where to start with that one. Well, that would be maybe out for a bit longer then. Well, yeah, from, from the sounds of it and from the looks of it. Um, on that note, because as much as Carson Wentz was once relevant, he's now really slipped into irrelevancy. But you never know. The LA Rams might be his calling card. Andrew, Adam, Sky, thank you very much for joining me. Like I said, me and Sky will be in Frankfurt this weekend coming. So if you do see us, you do chat to us, you know, make sure you come and say hello um, to anyone from UK, America, Germany, anyone like that. We're going to have a fantastic time, I'm sure. Until then, we'll see you all again next